back to another episode of the Mixed Witches Podcast. <sighs> it's been a long day. It has. I think we've mentioned this before, but we record four episodes on the day that we record. So it's the it's the 27th of June right now. But when this comes out, it'll be the the 15th? The uh, what? 22nd. The 22nd of July. So, <laughs> you guys have heard so. the previous episodes. We had, like, three two-hour-long ones, and I am tired. And I can imagine yeah. that Ryan's more tired because it's 1 a.m. there for her, so. Well, I woke up late. That's so, still... not as tired as I could be. But, yeah. So, I'm, I'm tired. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> It's I'm more hungry than tired. I'm just, like, waiting so I can, like, stuff my face. That's fair enough. I, like, ate some egg rolls that I probably shouldn't have because they were in my fridge <laughs> for a little while. Um, <laughs> but that was at, like, noon to whatever time not too long ago. And, yeah. yeah. I also need to feed my allies. Fair enough. I need to do my altar they're probably sitting there being like hello can we get some food i am hungry i only put (laughs) so far i've only put food on the altar if i make it by hand and i tend not to make food myself so (laughs) i don't think they'd be happy with like fries from burger king i put um i've only been experimenting with the things that are in the book like uh, like, it says that uh, Hermes likes olives, so I gave him some olives. Mm. Just to see, just to see if he if he does. I'll tell you what, though. He sucks down water like a motherfucker. <laughs> this individual, thirsty. Thirsty bitch. He is a thirsty No, seriously. Like, I have a thing of water, and it's hot here, so I understand. I know how evaporation works, but... I also understand the rate of evaporation and the, um, like, this is, is not it. Are you thirsty? Like, speaking of which, I haven't put water out on my, um, altar in a while. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> Talking to my altar. Sorry guys. I wanted to make, Apparently, Aphrodite and Hermes like honey cakes. Mm. So I was hoping to make that for them sometime soon. I made some for Letha, and then I brought it in for work. And, like, I left it, um, like, I told the guys that I brought it in, and then I left it on the table 
and we had passed down and I went and sat and then just one of them comes over with a plate with a giant slice on it and he's like this is fucking amazing and I was like okay and he's like no I'm serious this is fucking amazing and I was like well I'm glad you like it because I didn't think they turned out well <laughs> but apparently it did <laughs> I was like what and then he basically ate the whole thing on his own that day. So I was like, well... Like, I walked in, and they were like, he hasn't even gone to lunch. He's literally just been eating the bread. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boys. Oh, I mean, it is good. Yeah. I didn't make the one that you made previously, though, and I wanted to, but I couldn't find the recipe. Made me sad. Because that one was good. That one was super good. Mine was really dense for some reason. Anyway. Well, Charlie. Well, you know, I bet they'd really be good if you put, if you like revise the recipe and put like cinnamon or something in there. Yeah, there was nutmeg in there. So cinnamon would probably be better. Yeah. Or put cinnamon in the honey. Mmm. Mmm. You know, infuse the honey with cinnamon sticks beforehand. Mmm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Super good. Anyway. Anyway. I see like, like a lot of the Lola in the book like sort of like spicy stuff and some of them like honey with cinnamon and stuff and I'm just like, why does that sound so good? I'm with you. It, it sounds super good. These spirits know. I'm with them. <laughs> I want some cinnamon honey. <laughs> <laughs> if the spirits like it, you know it's probably going to be good. Mm hmm. Well, Miss Breeze like eggs. She likes eggs. I'm just like, you just want eggs? <laughs> that's that's like, what how? you want. Like the whole egg, like cracked, like scrambled? What do you want? You just want an egg <laughs> on like a little platter? Like what? <laughs> the whole egg, like not cracked or anything? Just <laughs> the egg? If <laughs> I make them scrambled, are you not going to eat it? or <laughs> Or what? Anyway. So I'm going to be talking about... <laughs> what? <laughs> I said you go first. Yeah. I'm going to be talking about scrying. Um, you've heard us talk about scrying a few times, but we've never really explained it. So that's what I'm talking about today. That thing I think you'll be really good at. <laughs> so I'm talking about scrying today. Um, what is scrying? Scrying is alternatively known as hydromancy, crystal gazing, or octomancy. Um, according to the Encyclopedia of Witchcraft by Judica Isles, yes, I'm forever going to be referencing this now that I have it. Now that I have both the Witchcraft one and the Spirit one, it will be a forever reference. Um, it is a method of divination that involves gazing into a clear surface. You can use a crystal ball, mirror, pan of water or ink, or other smooth surface. A candle flame can also be used. Scrying involves gazing and is a form of divination. I guess I just wanted to write that twice. It's a very cost-efficient form of divination, but it can be difficult to accomplish. Uh, you have to be focused, but not too focused. Like, you have to have a focused gaze, but not a too focused gaze. 
and you have to have the same thing for your mind. It's kind of like meditating into a reflective service. That's that's essentially what it is because you have to go into a meditative state. Uh, a meditative state. Say, you're to not good at meditating, I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle, you know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Who knows? Um so crystal balls come in different colors depending on what they're made of. And the most typical scrying mirror seems to be black. So, like, for scrying specifically, crystal balls seem to be black, and so do scrying mirrors. But they don't have to be. That's a weird stipulation I've seen in places, but they don't have to be black. It's weird specifics. So why do you want to learn how to scry? Um... It's the same thing of why you would want to learn any kind of divination. Learning to scry is the same reason uh, it helps you parse through options and make decisions about the future. You can also use scrying to get in touch with ancestors or spirit guides or just spirits in general. And like I've already mentioned, scrying is a difficult skill to learn and requires you to rely on your intuition to interpret the images that might come up, kind of like your dream interpretations. The images might be foggy or they might be clear and might appear in front of you or out of the corner of your eye. But scrying helps us get in touch with our unconsciousness, essentially. So what are some ways that you can scry? Because there's more than just the crystal ball and such like that. Uh, you can use wax, and this is done by dripping wax on a water surface and then interpreting the shapes that are formed. You can do this with clouds. Uh, cl it's also called cloud gazing. So you do this as a kid all the time. You just lay in the grass and you stare up at the clouds and you make up shapes. You say, oh look, it's an elephant. Oh look, it's a dog. Stuff like that. It's the same concept. You would stare and you would interpret the shapes the clouds make. And then, of course, like I've already mentioned, you have mirror scrying. And this is the most popular form, also known as... Uh, wow, I can't read that at all. Catopromancy? Uh, and anyway, um, it's pretty easy. You basically just stare in a mirror and then wait for images to show up. But this can also stress out your eyes, which I'm speaking from experience, is it fucking hurts after a while if you're just staring at the mirror. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You make your eyeballs hurt. But it's, it's a simple form that you can basically do anywhere. If you can find a mirror, you can do this kind of scrying. Uh, water is the same as the mirror, but you can drop a pebble in to interpret the ripple, the ripples, ripples, yes, the ripples, or you can put a crystal in the bottom of the bowl for you to stare at to help focus your eyes while you're trying to scry. You can also use oil, which you pour oil into a dish, rub it on a body, or coat a cup or plate, and then interpret the light that reflects off. 
You can also use fire, like I've already mentioned with candles. Um, I've unintentionally done this a lot, like around campfires and stuff. You just zone out staring into a fire. It's kind of fun. Uh, this is the most ancient form, and you can, like I said, you can use a candle, oil lamp, or a campfire. Again, this is another one that can eventually make your eyes hurt after a while, though. Then you have smoke, which you just interpret the smoke that rises from the fire instead. Crystal, which is the crystal ball or the crystal globe. And this is the most common one that you'll see in like movies and stuff like that. And then you have eye scrying, which is super uh, weird in my opinion, because you have to rely on the person you're scrying from to not blink too much, I think. Uh, this is an unusual form of scrying, uh, but is also called soul gazing. So you stare into another person's eyes and observe the reflections off of their eyeballs. Not one you're going to catch me doing, to be honest. But I don't know if I wanted. I don't know if I'd like to do that one. I would not. I'd want be afraid to, of what am I going to see if I look into your soul? I would not want to be on the receiving end of it, to be honest. Oh yeah. That would. I. I don't. I don't know how I would feel. I would feel uncomfortable. I, I can tell you how I would I feel. I really struggle to maintain eye contact with people. If you said, "Here, I'm gonna look at your, I'm gonna look in your eyes, I'm gonna scry," I'd be like, "Um, no, no." <laughs> but <laughs> no, <laughs> it makes me want to. Um, it makes me want to write a fanfic. Fanfic, yeah, fanfic where uh, Adam does this. To Ronan, and Ronan doesn't even know what's going on. He just realizes what Adam's doing when, like, Adam's eyes unfocus, <laughs> and he realizes he's not like present anymore. Because Adam, like, in the uh, Raven Cycle books, Adam kind of scries wherever. Like, he's used a crystal ball before. He used um, candles. He's used water on a, uh, a picture frame. He's, he's used the light of a headlight of a car. This boy uses whatever is around. Which makes sense because he's thrifty. You know? He didn't, he didn't have money for tools, so he just uses what he can. He's used a mirror in a, a gas station bathroom, I want to say. So yeah, he'll use whatever he can. I think I've already said this, but scrying requires you to enter a trance-like state. So, unfortunately, if you're not good at meditating, you might need to get better at meditating to be able to start scrying. Or you mix the two together and learn how to do them at the same time. On top of that, it might take you weeks, months, or even years to actually learn how to proper, like how to scry, which a lot of people don't have the patience for that, but if you're determined. Or you might do it on accident, because I just had thought of like, I actually like to meditate by staring at my candle flame, so if I accidentally scry something, you know, that's just, that wasn't the intent, but. Right. 
What, what? Cause I just sat here and thought about it. I was like, I don't, I don't, don't send me messages. I'm trying to meditate. <laughs> don't spirit. I'm just looking at the candle. Wait, don't do that. I like using candle flames to meditate, shit. to be honest. I just like having something to focus on. I realized I cannot do the stereotypical meditating of just like, of anything. <laughs> I can't. I need something to look at. I can sometimes, but probably having something to look at would be easier for me also. Well, I find I struggle to keep my eyes closed. Interesting. And I do mean struggle. <laughs> Not like it hurts or something, but like I, I'm really bad about it. You just want your eyeballs to be open. Yes, I do. I just don't, I can't keep them closed. So figuring out how I work. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I have for scrying. That's all I have. It's the same as when I was telling you that I like need a picture of my spirits. Right. It just helps me. I was like, I just can't meditate with my eyes closed, like not look at anything. It's a lot easier if I have something to look at or something. I think you would be good at mirror scrying. I might try it the next time I meditate. Like, sit in front of the mirror and have the meditation going on in the background. I might yeah. try that next. We'll see. I kind of feel like, you know, speaking of meditating, and this might help with the scrying, because, like, even if you're doing something, it may help to, like, it kind of makes me think of, did you ever have, like, like, I know you use, like, fidget toys a lot. It kind of reminds me of when you're playing with a fidget toy or maybe, like, a Rubik's Cube. And sometimes, like, like you'll be watching TV or something and you're not really focused on anything anymore because you're, like, occupying your hands and your body or something. Right. I don't know why I just ended up thinking of that because I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I kind of feel like I need my hands to be doing something. Yeah, to occupy, like, or, the fidget energy going on. That way your mind yeah. can actually um, focus. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what, me like, meditation beads are for, because you count the beads to meditate. Mm -hmm. And you, like, roll them through your hand and count each one. It's like, if you struggle to go to a trans, like, state and you're, start and you're trying to scry, it's like, you might want to, like, I fidget, I guess. <laughs> fidget responsibly. <laughs> I don't know why, because I, I guess I was thinking of a Rubik's Cube, because it, it is active. Because it's, like, not necessarily just holding something, but you are doing something. Right. Because I was never good at a Rubik's Cube when I was a kid, but my dad would always get me one, so I guess I kind of, I would sit and, like, watch TV and just, and then end up not thinking of anything. Right. Just going dead. <laughs> Unplugging. I was sucked into the television. I can poltergeist. Oh, God. I feel that way about tarot. Sometimes I'm not pulling. I'm just shuffling the cards, but it's just something for my hands to do. Right. I, w I would do that when I would watch, um, like, the lectures for my English class. That's what I would do. Yeah. I would just sit there and shuffle the cards. 
because it helped me focus on the actual lesson if my hands were doing something. Yeah. But if my if like I was trying to focus on the the lesson and like take notes or something, I wouldn't actually focus on the lesson because I would get like yeah, I would stop paying attention. I would get bored essentially. If you're not fidgety like us, I guess you know you don't have this problem. Right. But if you're fidgety like us, it's like you do you, fam. Whatever works best for you. For us fidgety fools. Fidgety fools. <laughs> do you still have that thing? What is that? That cube thing with the like the different things you can do on it? Yeah, the fidget cube. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where it is, but I do have it. I just haven't seen it in a while. Like I brought it with me so I could do something on the plane if I got bored. But yeah, I, I don't know where it went. Even just like holding a ball in your hands and just like throwing it back and forth or something. Oh yeah. Ooh, a yo-yo. I oh had a yo-yo. God. I did. Oh. We all had yo-yos, and my mom wanted to kill every single one of us. <laughs> we would get them at like the book fairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No oh, yo-yos. Yeah. We're really just a pair of children, aren't we? <laughs> we can't pay attention. We need something to fidget with. We've got ADHD, probably. <laughs> Undiagnosed. Since we're women. Sorry. Fair. <laughs> that sounded bitter and annoyed. Which I... But That's good. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, I've seen the st statistics for the amount of undiagnosed cases for ADHD and autism in women, and it frustrates me every time I see it. I was like, why is autism, I remember I saw that the other day, it's like, why is autism, like, less diagnosed than women? It's like, because we're supposed to be quiet, keep to ourselves, so you don't see it as a problem. Right. But, like, don't let me say nothing. Let me shut up. Let me keep my mouth shut, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not bitter. No, we're not tired. <laughs> tired of the world's bullshit. I feel like because I'm also thinking of fidget spinners, and I was like, I feel like I had something, not necessarily a fidget toy, or I don't think I thought of it as a fidget toy, but I can remember having something as a kid that was sort of maybe like that. Hmm. I definitely also had a koosh ball. Like the spiky balls, and I would bop it around. And right. Anyway. <laughs> Stuff. You guys are learning a lot about me as a child. <laughs> so excuse me. <laughs> I was an only child, okay? I had to entertain myself. Fair enough. <laughs> and I was a child whose siblings hated me because we all hated each other. <laughs> well, I understand. I'm not an only child. <laughs> but I just said I was, so it tells you everything. Yeah. But to be fair, your sister was basically, like, gone by the time that you oh, were born. No, yeah. By the time I was six. Bye. Out the door. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Get out of Dodge. Fair enough. Wish. <laughs> that was me at 18. I said, bye, bitches. Straight up. I was like, I'm fucking gone. <laughs> anyway, what, what, what topic do you bring to us? 
I bring you the end of astrology. Ah. Well, not necessarily. We're almost done, but it is the end. Thank God. (laughs) So, we already did signs. We already did houses. The only thing we haven't done is the planets. Which, honestly, I'm excited to finish, but also I'm excited to do. Because, like, we were just talking about retrogrades and stuff. Like, this isn't just astrology. This is, this actually permeates witchcraft. You don't have to even do astrology. You could just like the planets. Today, I'm just going to do the personal planets. The planets are split up into three categories. Personal, social, and generational. Today is personal, which is, which rounds up to five. And then I'm going to do social and generational together, which will be another five or so. So almost even split, I think. I actually think it's like six, five and six, but whatever. Also, two of these aren't planets, so who cares? <laughs> two of these are not planets because the sun is a star. Right. That's where we start. So the sun, the sun rules over Leo. Woo-hoo. The day of the week for the sun is Sunday. As it should be. Duh. <laughs> The metal is gold, and the colors for the sun are gold, yellow, and orange. The sun is masculine energy, and the sun rules the fifth house. So the sun is the center of our solar system, indicating what area of life we are lighting up by house placement as a journey or focus of work into that archetype. The sun represents the self and ego in terms of planet, so... In terms of houses, it's the first house. And in terms of planets, it's the sun. The sun spends about a month visiting each sign and takes a year to journey through all 12 signs, as we know. Right now, we are in Cancer. The sun is in Cancer. (laughs) Excuse me. Specifically. Speaking to our creative abilities... And the power of the individual to meet the challenges of everyday life. The sun is our guiding light. Is that like cliche? Yes. (laughs) But like, you see the sun every day. So literally right there for 12 or so hours every day. The sun is an energy center, literally, but also spiritually the sun rules over male influences which is the father monarchs presidents heads of state and also governs children so both hence why there is a child on the sun card in tarot or at least i assume that's why (laughs) there is one but i assume the the rider weight went yeah Put a kid on it. <laughs> Solar places are palaces and theaters. Big grandiose places where big grandiose people live. The sun lords over our health and vitality and gives strength to the other planets, which rotate around the sun. The sun governs bright yellow flowers like sunflowers and orange flowers and also St. John's wort 
which is famed for its abilities to help with depression. And I do have a medicine book. I think study-wise, it does do that. That isn't just hearsay. I think it has been studied that it do kind of help. It has some kind of effect. Yeah, I don't remember, and I don't want to get up and get the book, but I do remember reading that. I think study-wise, we do, we do, we think it does. (laughs) It might. It might do. It might do. (laughs) So, of course, opposite the sun, we have the moon, which is also not a planet. It's just a celestial body. It is the other celestial body that we see every day. Sometimes we see it during the day. Moon will just be like, hey. (laughs) Hey, how you doing? But, you know, for some odd hours, it's the moon's turn. The moon rules over the sign of cancer. The day of the week is Monday. Or moon day. Hence why it's called Monday. The metal is silver. The colors are white and silver. The moon is feminine energy. And the moon rules over the fourth house. I always like those stories of, like, the moon and the the sun kind of being, like, husband and wife. Yeah. They're, like, apart. I'm like, oh, that's sad. (laughs) The sun and the moon love each other. (laughs) So, the moon reflects the sun's light and is the most changing indicator in the sky. The moon spends roughly two and a half days in each sign and takes days to circumnavigate the zodiac. So the moon does in a month what the sun does in a year, every month, which is why we have like mood swings. (laughs) It's the moon's fault. So I would like to preface because the moon is considered our emotions. Um, But the moon is not really our inner deepest emotions. It's more so our instincts and the process by which we regulate ourselves and our impulses to external stimulus. So the sign that your moon is in, the sun is your journey. It is your guiding daemon. It is like what you follow, right? Like if you were a moth, that is your flame. But the moon is your natural reactions. It is how you process information. The moon is very much in charge of our inner child. So, the sun is where you're going. The moon is what you are, basically. So, here is where you will respond according to your feelings and intuition. The moon connects you to your tribe And a clash of lunar styles can make or break a relationship. So if you're looking for your soul tribe, you might want to look at your moon for a little while and meditate on it. And if you're having relationship troubles, babe, what's his moon in? (laughs) (laughs) Like I have been saying, I'm like, I am a Sagittarius moon, so I probably should be with an air sign moon. Most likely a Gemini because that's opposite Sagittarius, but whatever. Whatever. Whatevs. Which also makes me really sad. Remember when I told you I did Tim Drake's natal chart of what if he was the same age as if he was like our generation that he would have a Gemini moon? That just makes me sad. <laughs> that really just hurts my heart. 
You really are just like, manifesting my, Tim Drake. <laughs> no, literally. I'm like, not my favorite, Robin. Uh, but you have an air moon, so that's how we work. Yeah, we do. I've been trying to remember this whole time while you were talking. I was like, what the fuck is my moon in again? It's Libra. I'm like mentally not here. <laughs> I'm mentally present, but also not at the same time. <laughs> See, it's funny because it says a clash, but they also do say that, you know, like opposites attract. Henceforth, me and my whole family have fire moons. And really, none of us get along. <laughs> I think there's just too much fire in a room. Yeah. My dad has an Aries. <laughs> my dad has an Aries moon. My sister has a Leo moon, and both me and my mom have a Sag moon. And I'm like, you know, how do you guys manage that? Damn. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how my mom pulled that off. She's over here with her Sag moon. She got with an Aries moon and had two fire moons. Like I don't know. <laughs> And my sister has a different dad, so if his is a fire moon, bro. <laughs> how did she manage that? Well, I don't know. I also don't know how we ended up with the same moon. It's crazy. Speaking of, the moon can describe our relationship to our mother or anyone who plays a nurturing role. Fertility, childbirth, pregnancy, and menstruation are also governed by the moon. Hence, why some witches, me included, may call it your my moon time or your lunar time. Blood or what moon. Have you. I'm on my moon. It's the blood Actually, moon. Actually, no, today, today, it's done today. <laughs> That's good. It's over. I'm glad for you. <laughs> Thanks. Also, hence why a lot of witches try to sync up with the moon. And I didn't try, but it happened anyway. Yeah, mine's never going to happen. I have, like, a 45-day window between my periods, so. Your period don't know how it wants to be. No, honestly. <sighs> Whatever. The moon, is <laughs> the moon is connected to the ocean and water, which it also rules, literally. Which is, I was talking to my dad, and I was like, Dad, I'm about to tell you some weird-ass crazy shit, but just, just stay with me for a second. He's like, okay. I was like, what if we tend to sync up with the moon because it's a liquid? Like, it's blood. And so, like, what if it has to do with the whole, like, lunar tides, like, water pole thing? And, like, we actually do sync up with, like, the moon. And my dad was like, I mean, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Like, that sounds stupid and crazy, but, like, my mo my I was blowing my own mind. What if you ha what if you tried to have your child on the full moon? Oh my god, you're just like it has to stay in until the full moon. And everybody's like, You're at forty two weeks, just let him out and it's like, No. Full You'll moon. We got a week left. Full moon. <laughs> and they're like, You can't go to forty three weeks. <laughs> Please, Mary. <laughs> You're literally fighting the, with the doctors. <laughs> Throwing fists like, no. I said no. He's not ready. 
So the moon also governs women, motherhood, babies, and our inner child, as I said. As it may. Some lunar herbs and foods. Oh, so if you are having, if you're doing inner child work, you need to look at your moon, where it is, what sign it's in. That should help. You're welcome. (laughs) Some lunar herbs and foods are cooling, drying, or sleep-inducing herbs, which includes cucumbers, coriander, moonwort. It is literally called moonwort. Pumpkins, cabbage, lettuce, and watercress. Of course, there's others. That's just some examples. So now we have an actual planet, which is Mercury. Mercury retrograde just ended. Thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Like, oh, don't worry. He'll be back. <laughs> He's always back. Said so three times a year. Three times. <laughs> I feel like Look, it honestly felt I, like we just had a Mercury retrograde when people were talking about this Mercury retrograde. And I was like, didn't we just have one? <laughs> he don't care. Clearly. Damn it, Hermes. So, no, literally. <laughs> Mercury rules over the signs of Gemini Virgo. The metal for Mercury is... Mercury. As I would hope Just, it would be. It, no, seriously. That shit in your thermometer. <laughs> the day of the week for Mercury is Wednesday. The colors are gray and multicolor, which are literally opposites. Like, opposites, like black and white, are opposites, but like gray. And then literally not gray. (laughs) Gray and then every other color (laughs) that's ever existed together, like rainbow. It's like, oh, okay, Mercury, calm down. It's because he's Mercury is both. No, it's. (laughs) Mercury (laughs) is both masculine and feminine energy. And Mercury rules the third and sixth house. So, Mercury suggests the voice itself and how we express to the outside the ideas that are generated within. Mercury bridges the gap between two sides and represents our need and capacity to make connections, recognize patterns, and create networks. Mercury governs trade and commerce, activities that involve the exchange of money and goods. Early education belongs to this planet, and the elementary stages of learning, as well as the learning style that suits us best. It's probably why I fidget. My Mercury is in Aries, so I don't pay attention. <laughs> and I need to be told things bluntly, because of you, I have, I told my grandma this, I was like, Grandma, I just need to be told, like, I need to be told like I'm five what to do because if you don't do that I do I'm not getting it at all she said okay (laughs) I think she was telling me to go into her purse and get her wallet and do a bunch of stuff and I said no grandma I need you to talk to me like I am a child (laughs) I know I'm not stupid but I have accepted that that is how I take in information I need you to go go 
you, Grandma. I remember thinking that in school, like whenever we'd have an assignment and the teacher was just going about all the shit we need to do, I was like, I've already lost you, fam. Because I didn't hear anything. And now I feel upset. <laughs> so that's just an example of Mercury, of how Mercury works. Mercury might incline us towards a particular brand of humor and reflect the lightness of touch. Where this planet is, we are often restless, either physically or mentally, and need room to move. So, henceforth, as we were just talking about, if you are a fidgeter, please look at your Mercury. If you have it in a fire sign, or an air sign, or, like, in your sixth house, or in another house that has to do with the body, like your first house. Girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm one of those people... Obviously, this is a cut and dry because you can have you can these things can manifest in other ways. But I will say, I am also one of those people who paces a room like when I'm on the phone. Yeah, you are. It's so funny to watch. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm glad you're entertained. I was telling one of my coworkers about it the other day because he was saying that he made himself dizzy by pacing around the room <laughs> while he was on the I phone. I can't sit down. I don't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm not good at that. I, well, speaking of, if you are a fidgeter and you need something to focus on, like we were just talking about scrying, I mean, that might be why. Because now that your hands are busy, your brain can focus on something else. Yeah. Because I do feel like I struggle with, like, I think a lot of thoughts, and I can't never focus on one of them. So I'm like, okay. Bro, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> sit down, shut up, let's let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Mercury possesses a youthful quality and the capacity for dexterity, craftsmanship, and ingenuity. Or ingenuity. Whichever. Where Mercury is in our chart, we are likely to show a versatile, inventive, inquisitive, and curious, even childlike or mischievous response. Hence why Mercury and Hermes are considered trickster spirits. And most trickster spirits preside over the planet Mercury. So if you're looking at a different culture, if it's a trickster spirit, trust and believe they are revered with Mercury in that culture. I was like trying to think of the word. Mercury is never more than 28 degrees away from the sun. So Mercury can only occupy the same zodiac sign as the sun or the adjacent sign, which I didn't know. So generally speaking, it's kind of easy to get a feel for what other people's Mercuries are. Because if you tell me your sun sign, there's only so many options. You either have it in that same sign or the adjacent sign. I am a Taurus, so my Mercury is in Aries. Or it just happens to be. It goes retrograde three times a year. And Mercury governs speaking, writing, books, online communications, learning, modes of transportation, schools, stores, and markets. 
Hence why when Mercury grows retrograde, people say, you know, communication gets busted, emails don't get sent, texts don't go through, calls don't go through, all that. Don't sign contracts, all that. Your bus will be late, sucks. <laughs> Your car might break down. You'll be like, bro, how did my car just break down? Because it's Mercury retrograde. <laughs> so the next planet is planet Venus. Venus rules over the signs of Taurus and Libra. Venus's metal is copper. The day of the week for Venus is Friday. Venus's color is green. Venus is feminine energy, and Venus rules over the second and seventh house. So, Venus is the desire in us for love and romance, how we make ourselves attractive, and what we find attractive in others. Venus in your chart defines our definition of beauty. This planet tells us the kinds of people we are drawn to and the nature of the erotic charge that drives this. Here, we desire to form bonds with others, requiring feedback and response. Thus, we can look to this planet to describe all manner of one-to-one -one relationships, not just romantic, but also platonic. Also, I just had the thought, it may even influence your relationship with things that you didn't even think about, like if you like cats over dogs. Or if you just find, like, Maine Coons attractive, but, like, nobody else does. Or, like, <laughs> you like certain types of dogs, and people are like, those dogs are ugly. And you're like, no, they're not. Shit, no, they're not. No, oh, like a them. Chinese Crescent. Oh, yeah, the O. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, Venus governs our fundamental feelings of worth and value, the kinds of things we might be moved to spend money on. Worth and value in terms of the 3D and worth and value in terms of your self-esteem. How you see your own worth and value. And if you are struggling with those things, your Venus will help you with that. So I just, I just thought about the sign of my Venus and I want you to know, That makes sense, but also no. <laughs> Venus is known as the peacemaker, bringing the desire for harmony, proportion, and balance. Very much Libra energy. Venus has the potential for vengefulness and vanity. Venus is never more than 48 degrees away from the sun. Venus symbolizes art and music, the beauty industry, like fashion, beauty, and cosmetics, gardens, and the natural world. Venus rules over pleasure-seeking, love-making, women, and sustenance. Everything from food to money. So, all things that sustain us. I would also like to emphasize the fact that I said love-making. Because people see Venus as the planet of sex, which is not necessarily true. Venus is a sensuality planet, which could then turn into eroticism, but not the sex planet. That one's next. Oh. <laughs> okay. Venus. <laughs> Venusian herbs and foods would be chocolate, sweets, jasmine, apple blossoms, roses, 
all soft fruits like peaches mm. and plums apricots thyme lavender geranium and vanilla just as some basically aphrodisiacs aphrodite ruled over the planet venus all those things are things that you eat to may or may not feel sexy so over Aries and Scorpio. Mars day of the week is Tuesday. Tuesday. The metal from Sorry. Ignore <laughs> me. The metal for Mars is iron. Mars's color is red. Mars's masculine energy and Mars rules over the 1st and the 8th house. Mars symbolizes our instinct to survive. Not just our physical strength, but the heat and energy that spurs us to action. So, Mars and the Sun are, are very similar in that way. They are life-giving. They are energy centers. They give us physical vitality. If you are struggling with that, if you are struggling with fatigue, look to your Sun and your Mars. They may seek to help you. There may be something there. As to why. Mars is the archetype of the warrior and the fighting spirit vital to life. Mars also describes sexual drive. It shows our physical needs in this respect and the universal urge to spread our seed. Venus is lovemaking. Venus is when you're in love and you feel sensually inclined to a person. Mars is just lust. Mars is sex. Mars is... Bro, I'm feeling some type of way. If you are demisexual, that may actually be found in your Venus. Now that I sat here and thought about it, Listen. because to me, Venus is the Venus is a sexual planet. But after I'm already attracted to you, we gotta get past that first. <laughs> Mars doesn't care about attraction. Mars don't give a fuck. <laughs> Mars, Mars is just like, well, are you fight. down? I'm down. Are you DTF? Because I am. That's Mars. I remember this one is wrong. I I haven't changed it on here yet. That one that we originally did because it says my Mars and Venus are in the same house or are in the same sign. Mm. And it's wrong. So why? It's false. Falsified information. Anyway. So. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> I think Cancer is in my Venus, so... No, wait. No, Gemini's in my Venus. Didn't we already have this discussion? <laughs> I think we did. Which would make sense, because if you have a Venus in Gemini, you need to form a connection first. Mentally. Well, I remember that we because said that... And you were like, no, it makes sense, because you're bi. And I was like, yeah. Well, also that, because Gemini is the twins. Yeah. It, it all makes sense. It all comes together. It all makes sense. <laughs> so, Mars will also indicate how we express and release physical energy in more general terms through sports and exercise. Your Mars suggests whether your energy is laser-like or uncontained 
sustained or erratic. So if you have a Mars in Gemini, you may also be a fidgeter. You may have restless energy. You may need to expel it a lot. Like a dog who gets zoomies. Oh, <laughs> or a cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whereas my Mars is in Taurus, so I never get out of bed. Good for me. <laughs> no. I know exactly why I feel fatigue. Yeah. It's that bitch. My Mars is in Taurus. My Mars doesn't move for anybody. <laughs> my Mars said energy. Girl. <laughs> and my son is in Taurus. So energy. You know how they say Tauruses are lazy? It really sucks when your Mars is also... Lazy? Anyway. <laughs> Let me out. Show my bitterness to my planets. I like them. It's fine. <laughs> Mars inspires us to, to Mars inspires us to feats of courage and heroism. Mars suggests where and how you might be prepared to go the extra mile to succeed. So, wherever your Mars is, housewise, like mine is in my seventh house, so I may be prepared to go the extra mile for others. Oh, deadass. How many times have we talked about, I can't stand up for myself, but as soon as I see somebody else getting bullied, oh, hell no. It's not fucking happening. If you have Mars in your 10th house, you may be more inclined to go the extra mile in terms of your public status. Or in your 4th house, you may, me, you may be more inclined to go the extra mile for family. Or your children. You get it. Mars governs civic and military conflicts, wars, riots, the armed forces, police, athletes, conquerors, adventurers, pioneers, surgeons, engineers, tool makers, barbers, and butchers. Mars also governs weapons, accidents, and surgery. Hence, sometimes if Mars is in a funny sign, not the time to get a surgery. No. Or sometimes it's a good time to get a surgery. Herbs that are sharp, stinging, pungent, hot, and spicy are all governed by Mars. So like chili peppers or garlic. Oh, definitely garlic. <laughs> also, I didn't say when Venus is retrograde, do not go get a haircut. Do not. And if you do, girl, that's on you. <laughs> Don't get a haircut. Do not get a plastic surgery procedure. One of my favorite Playboy bunnies, she did a video on it, and she went to go get um, a eye procedure, plastic surgery for her, for a little thing with her eyes. She just happened to go during Venus retrograde. And she said in the video, she said, I knew going into it, I thought it, Venus is retrograde. You probably shouldn't go. And she was right. Because <laughs> the video was about uh, the botch of it, which was a minor one. It wasn't anything dramatic, but it did not go the way it should have went. And she said, and you know what? Venus was in retrograde, and I knew I shouldn't have went. I was like, girl, you're right. 
So when Venus is retrograde, it is not the time to uh, get your nails done or get go get a wax did. or get your hair done. <laughs> just, 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 just don't. Just be cautious. How about I am not superstitious in that way. Like you can, but just remember that if a planet is retrograde, just remember that it's retrograde, okay? And those are our personal planets. They're called personal planets because they are the planets that direct us in our daily life most directly. The other ones are more distant. So in our daily life and in our charts, they matter, but these Not ones much. are closest to the sun and they are the ones that affect our personalities the most. Personal planets. Personal personal and mine only permeate like two signs e. <laughs> mine don't only permeate two signs <laughs> oh I'm I'm what is your, what cracking is your media okay media time media time media I was doing homework again so, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so I'm talking about the conjuring today, which of course we all know about. We've all, well, oh, yeah, I forgot. Most of us, most of us know about it. But uh-huh. I, I'm gonna go over it anyways. So, The Conjuring is a 2013 American supernatural horror film directed by James Wan and written by Chad Hayes and Carrie W. Hayes. It is the inaugural film of the Con- in the Conjuring Universe franchise. Patrick Wilson and Vera Far- Farniga? Farning? Farniga? Farmiga? What is that? Farmiga, I think. Farmiga, yeah. I can't... It, it all just blends back here. <laughs> Star as Ed and Lorraine Warren, paranormal investigators and authors associated with prominent cases of haunting. There purportedly real-life reports inspired the Amnaville horror story and film franchise. The Warrens come to the assistance of the um, Perrin family, who experienced increasingly disturbing events in the farmhouse in Rhode Island in 1971. So if you didn't know... um, I want to say Lorraine Warren just recently died, like, not that crazy long ago. Within the past year, I want to say she passed away. So, had to tip our hats to that woman. Rip. Rip. She was a legend. Oh, yeah. It was really interesting to learn how they, um like, got into the houses that they investigated. It was really interesting. Anyway. So, for the plot, in 1971, Roger and Carolyn Perrin move into a farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island, with their five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. Their dog, Sadie, refuses to enter the house. They find the entrance to the cellar boarded up. 
Paranormal events occur within the first few nights. All of the clocks stop at 3.07 a.m. Birds fly into their windows and Sadie is found dead in the backyard. One night, Christine encounters a malevolent spirit. (laughs) Nah, fam. Another night, Carolyn hears clapping in the hallway and becomes trapped in the basement. Andrea and Cindy are attacked in their bedroom by a spirit believed to be the one Christine encountered. Caroline contacts demonologist Ed and Lorraine Warren, who have recently investigated a possessed doll called Annabelle. The Warrens agree to take the case. They conduct an initial investigation and conclude that the house may require an exorcism but they need authorization from the Catholic Church and further evidence before they can proceed. They, diso- they discover that the house once belonged to an accused witch an accused witch named Bathsheba Sherwin, Sherman, not Sherwin, that's one of my co-workers, Sherman, <laughs> a relative of Marytown Esty, who sacrificed her week-old baby to the devil and killed herself in 1863 at 3.07 in the morning after cursing all who take her land. So, as these movies tend to go, a bunch of shit happens. There's, at one point, they think they've managed to get the, the spirit out, and then, obviously, they didn't. And it's a big fuckfest <laughs> of just fuckery going on. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because I don't remember if it was this one, but I want to say it was this one. There's a scene where, uh, Lorraine is holding up a jack-in-the-box, and she opens up the cover. Well, it's not technically a jack-in-the-box. I can't remember what it's, what it is, but she holds up the cover, and there's a mirror on the inside that spins, and the, uh... The toy make is like a circus sounding. It sounds like a jack-in-the-box. And she's staring into the mirror because she, she's crying, essentially. She's trying to figure out what's going on. So she's staring into the mirror, and then the, the kid shows up behind her. Or maybe, maybe the kid doesn't show up behind her. But the reason I bring it up is because she's scrying into this mirror because she feels like there's something going on with the toy in the room and such. But that's that's the whole reason I bring up the movie, is because she does a bit of scrying herself. Yeah. Which, it, if you think about it, scrying kind of shows up in a lot of different places, but we don't technically call it scrying. Like, in Harry Potter, we have, uh, in the third movie, there's the crystal balls that... Um, Trelawney has them doing in Divination. And then in the fourth movie, you have the Pensive, which essentially is just a a fancy version of a scrying bowl. Uh I'm trying to think of any other ones. Um, There's also, in the first movie, there's that mirror that they stand in front of, and you see what you want to see. Yeah. I don't know why I always remember that, but I do. Which, it's, it's another form of scrying. It's just, instead of showing you the possibilities, it's showing you what you want to see. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of other examples. I can, like, see a scene in my head, 
Oh, it makes me think of um, that one scene from The Lion King when he's just staring into the water. But yeah, so Scrying shows up in a bunch of different medias and films. Um, There's a lot of movies about spirits getting stuck in the mirrors, which is the whole reason why in the Victorian era you would cover up the mirrors after somebody died so that their spirit couldn't get stuck in the mirrors. Um, well, you talking about the conjuring reminded me that, you know, witches tend to say that you need to lock your mirrors. Yeah. So that- nothing can get through. Here she is, looking at a ghost in a jack-in-a-box. Somebody mm-hmm. didn't lock that mirror. <laughs> Which reminds me, Don't I still me. haven't done it, but, you know. I still haven't done it either. <laughs> Listen. We're bad witches. Listen. <laughs> We're amateur witches. We just had this conversation after the last episode. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's what I have, so. It reminds me, anytime I think of mirror scrying, I always think of doing Bloody Mary. Oh, what, what? No, I'm good. I don't, I, like, I don't want to, but that's what makes me think of Because anytime I think of looking in a mirror and doing shit you ain't supposed to, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Speaking of locking mirrors, if those mirrors were locked in the bathroom, maybe I wouldn't have been so afraid of them. Fair enough. <laughs> if there was, like, a custodian that was a witch who would, like, lock mirrors Aww. in schools. It's a cute idea, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> Too bad I won't ever use it for anything. <laughs> Unless I need a side character. Hey, you know what? Oh my god, could you imagine that one person who has to clean up after the godly convention? No. It's probably, like, a witch or a disciple or, like, priestesses or something, and they're just like, Jesus Christ, now I'm gonna have to sage the shit out of this place. All these fucking gods coming in here, attracting all kinds of things. Literally. All this mud. I just walked in here. It makes me think of Sophie, just, now I'm going to have to mop again. It's literally Sophie. I love Sophie. Yeah. Anyway, what what media do you have? We clearly need to watch Howl's Moving Castle. What? I said we clearly need to watch Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. And Princess Mononoke. And Spirited Away, just all of them. Just have a Studio Ghibli night. I just need to find somebody who has, like... I need to find somebody who has a DVD player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to talk about something that we have talked about a lot, but it's, it's time to get it out of the way. Oh. <laughs> In fact, I may have even talked about it, but I could not think of another media. So we're talking about Sailor Moon. I don't oh. have any complaints. Okay. Just okay. because, goddammit, where are the planets at? We've talked I about... I topic list and I was like... Where are the planets at? We've talked about Sailor Moon so often. I know. Like, I feel like it comes up at least once a month. It's just because. (laughs) Because. So, the sailors are all guardians of planets. All of the planets. 
isn't a planet. But that's included. And the sun is Tokyo is Tokyo mask is tuxedo mask. She is the sun. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Tokyo Mew Mew. I was like, that's a different anime no. altogether. <laughs> no, no. Tuxedo mask is the sun. I did the research. Interesting. I, was like, oh. I never knew that. Oh, that makes sense <laughs> to me. So. Sailor Moon. I'm having deja vu, so I know I've talked about this before. So, deja vu. No, Sailor Moon. (laughs) (laughs) It's about... Speaking of, we were just talking about Soul Eater and about shounen anime has never... has female protagonists. Here we have a lovely little shoujo, which is a lovely little magical girl. But it's Magical Girl, but honestly, I do still think it's kind of done it the best, or at least one of the best, because anytime I think of another one, the rest are very cutesy. Sailor Moon is not necessarily cutesy. It's cute, but like the other like the other Magical Girl animes that are shoujo just tend to be like cuter. So it's like Sailor Moon is just, just just girls. But it's not necessarily like very uwu. Not to me at least. Could be worse. I'm thinking of Tokyo Mew Mew. It's like it could be worse. <laughs> so Sailor Moon is like as we were talking about Fruits Basket and like introduction animes. If you're, if it's like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto is for boys, like, introductions, Sailor Moon is girls' introductions. For sure, for sure. It was originally serialized from 91 to 97. So, old girl. That was before you were born. (laughs) Oh, literally. I wasn't even around for it. (laughs) In the anime, the original was from 92 to 97. And Sailor Moon Crystal, which is a revamping, we were just talking about Fruits Basket, is from 2014 to 2016, and it is so pretty. The art is very, very pretty. Because Sailor Moon, being an old anime, definitely looks like an old anime. Do I want to rewatch Sailor Moon and Fruits Basket? Yes. Do I have to get past the art? Yes. (laughs) Also that. Do I want to rewatch Evangelion? Yes. Do I have to get past the art? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, the revamp is good. Like, the art. Yeah, it looks good. But... Yeah, it looks good. It doesn't really follow the original series, so... Which is fine. So... So, all of the sailors are represented by planets. Also, there's Chibusa, who is Chibi, Usagi. So, also, the moon, kind of, sort of, tuxedo mask. Then, the Dark Kingdom, they're named after 
well, other things. There's Queen Burl. And there's crystals. But then not all of them are crystals. Because there's... Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, just, just trust me on that one. Uh, they're not all crystals. But some of them. So, there's a whole bunch of, like, astrology and astronomy. As I have said, clearly, Miss Naoko Ta... Yeah, Take... I was about to say, mm-hmm. Miss Naoko Takeuchi definitely was like, yes, I want to do the planets. Specifically on the wiki, recurring motifs include astronomy, astrology, gemology, Greek and Roman mythology, Japanese elemental themes, teen fashions, and schoolgirl antics. Specifically. Because just like a nice little shoujo anime and manga, they are in high school. I don't know when anime protagonists are allowed to grow up. I think I was explaining to my dad the other day the, the like, the, the new genre they're making for, for books. Because I think I was complaining to him about the whole, like, I don't want to read grown-up books. But I don't know if I can still read young adult books. Everybody's 16 and in high school. <laughs> and I'm just not that anymore. Right, but you're I not like... Grown-up mommy books. <laughs> Honestly. Also... I'm not 35 and married, so I still can't relate. And and sometimes, like, a lot of the times, grony... Grony? <laughs> grown <laughs> like, mommy books are kind of just depressing a little bit. Yeah, they are. Like, it's all about these 35-year-old women who aren't in a relationship or what have you, which is fine if that's your choice. Like, I'm not saying it's not fine, but it always tends to be, like, her between a, either two guys or multiple guys, and there's always sex everywhere, and it's just sad to me. <laughs> They're just sad there's to me. There's something... They give off of a depressing vibe. Like, no one's happy or something. Yeah. I want to watch Sailor Moon, where everything's glittery and pink. <laughs> but they're also kids. Goddamn. I feel old. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do, I say that to say, I do sometimes feel that way about, like, grown-up anime. It's a little bit different, because some of them are very good. But... <laughs> I'm just like, I just am not, I'm not old enough to watch grown-up stuff yet. And read grown-up stuff. Grown-up stuff kind of sucks. But why are we letting teenagers fix the world? Let me not. Don't get me started. So, of course, in every side episode, I've talked about sailors. Feel free to go watch Sailor Moon. I don't know how many times I can say it. There is Sailor Moon Crystal now, so you don't even have to look at the bad art. Or pick up the manga. I would always recommend picking up a manga. I'm not pretentious. Watch the anime. I do all of it. But, like, <laughs> I do, I am kind of, I do recommend a manga. Pick it up. Pick up the book. 
it adds extra because sometimes there's just hilarious bits that they leave out of the anime that's in the manga. Yeah. Like, there's just so many... they don't have, like, time and money. Right. There's just, like, so many small, hilarious bits that I've read while I've been reading the Demon Slayer manga, and it's like, Jesus Christ. All those pictures of Tanjiro that I've been sending you recently. Oh my god. They're so good. His face is too much. Like, everybody else... to take a pen and draw that. Everybody else looks super depressed, and there's Tanjiro looking like a fucking puppy. It's like, damn it. Literally. But also, you miss, like, the little tidbits from the author. For for one of them, um, there was one of Genya, and it was, like, when he was, uh, when he was, like, a kid, he hated girls and would beat them up, but now that he's hit puberty, he doesn't know how to act around them. <laughs> and it's just him talking to one of the girls, and he's all blushy and uncomfortable, and it's fucking hilarious. It's just hilarious to me. There's great tidbits in the manga. Just read it. Or don't. I can't force you to. Or don't. Or don't, but as two people who watch a lot of anime and try to read mangas, I recommend. Then you can keep up with, you know, like, My Hero Academia has a bunch of shit going on in the manga. And uh, you won't know that until the anime comes out if you only wait for the anime. It's going to be dope when it comes out in the anime, but now you're going to have to dodge all the spoilers on the internet <laughs> until then. Right, like we're still waiting for season two of Demon Slayer, and I'm waiting for season two of Jujutsu Kaisen, and I have to wait. Now you have to wait. When you could read the, when you could read the I manga. Could read I manga. sound like a manga salesman. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we have become. Just read the manga. I will say. If you'd like to hear more anime from (laughs) us. Again. Again. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MixWitchesPodcast. And you can shoot us an email, MixWitchesPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Society6, which is also at MixWitchesPodcast. Or you can go over to our website, which is mixedwitchespodcast.squarespace.com. We've got all of our episodes up there, as well as some blog posts, if you are interested. Otherwise, I hope you guys had a good ride with us for this episode, and I hope you... Well, I hope you come back next next episode. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Minds are getting faded To not appreciate all that they created We're chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Thinking more, but doing less Keeping score, but failing at the test, y'all Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Chasing after that witch's brew Got nothing better to do Cause you're sailing down Easiest street again Damn X marks the spot Or is it O? Getting high
I've been feeling so low Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Damn, 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 damn,